Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. Here's a conundrum. Many people get married because they want to provide a stable environment for the children that they want to have. And in fact, one of the best gifts you can give your children is to care for your relationship with the other parent. But children are also one of the worst things that can happen to a marriage. They come with a lot of needs and no extra time in the day. Now, balancing parenting and partnering is an ongoing challenge, one that is made worse by the child-centric society that we've created. The squeaky wheel your kids are going to get your attention over your quiet marriage. And if both are squeaking, the children usually win out over your spouse, mostly because you have more control over the kids. So unfortunately, the result is that your marriage gets put on the back burner and dies a slow death from neglect. So is there a way to free up more of your time as a partner by better management as a parent? Well, to help answer that question, I'm joined by parent strategist, Jackie Finneman. So Jackie, thanks for coming on the show and talking about this always interesting challenge that we've got. Well, thank you, Leslie. I'm happy to be here. And I love, uh, I love this, the squeaky wheel that, you know, uh, the the kids are going to win out over the spouse. That's so true so often. Yes. So before we get into that conundrum, I want to ask, because you're a parent strategist. So exactly what is that? Yeah, so a parent coach and a parent strategist. So you've heard of life coaching, right? And career Mm -hmm. coaching. Mm -hmm. Well, parent coaching or parent strategists are really dedicated to helping the parents um, around all things family issues, whether it's problem behavior, problem relationship. um, You know, I help parents uncover strategies that are going to shift the behavior and the family dynamics and just bring peace back into your home. So it's (laughs) not therapy. Although I was a counselor for 20 Mm -hmm. years, Mm -hmm. uh, a a child and family counselor for 20 years. I really decided that, you know, in order to help the kids, we needed to help the parents first. Mm -hmm. And so I help parents become confident leaders for their kids. Well, and, and I love that because, I mean, I just, I'm flashing back. Today happens to be my son's 28th birthday. I have no idea how he's that old because I'm only 29, but okay, we're not right. going to go there. Um, and I remember, and I was, I was in my 30s when I had him. I was not some, some little kid who had a kid. I mean, and I'm, as they're wheeling me out of, in, in, you know, as, I'm, as they're taking me out of the hospital in the wheelchair, I'm thinking, oh my God, how do they know I can even do this? I mean, oh, I know? was there. Yeah, I was I that mean, parent you know, too. Because, because they don't come with manuals. And oh, by the way, I have a son and a daughter. And except for our very strange last name, nobody would ever know that they were related because they don't look alike. They, I mean, you know, There's nothing about them that's the same. So whatever worked with my son was not going to work with my daughter. And it's like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) It was like, it's. You know, it's not natural. I'm sorry. Anybody who says parenting is natural is has never been a parent. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I get it. Um, so parent coaching isn't isn't clinical therapy. We're not going to delve into all these complicated family dynamics or issues of the past or work mm-hmm. through crises or that kind of thing. I really coach you on 
how to respond to your kids in that day-to-day moment outside of the therapy mm-hmm. office, which sometimes uh, my clients are getting therapy. They're in therapy. Right. Their children are, the parents are, and that's great. Right. Um, I can be in addition to that, and I can actually help. Uh, if your child is in therapy, I can help you figure out what to do when they're not in therapy and they're having the behaviors at home. Um, I really enjoy taking that worry and frustration out of raising your kids, you know, um, which (laughs) is at least as much of it as you can. Right. But yeah, as I tell my son again, who's 28, it's like, I don't care how old you get, you're always going to be my baby. So, you know, deal yes. with that. Yes, for sure. But it is true. We don't come home with a parenting manual, oh. or at least if if we're supposed to, we did. We certainly didn't get one. No. And I have, I've worked with kids since the age of nine, I was babysitting, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, I knew a lot when we brought our son home, my husband looked at me like, okay, now what? And right. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's totally different when it's yours. And, and again, you know, I've been around kids, you know, I understood some of the stuff I'd taken, I was a psych major in college, I had taken child development, you know, all this stuff. It's like, but it's very different when it's when it's yours. So, you know, and, and, and I love, you know, and the idea of, of a strategist or a coach is because, you know, these are normal things. Every parent, I mean, I, I have said this and I will say it to you because I know you will agree with me that any parent who does not understand shaken baby syndrome is either a liar or has never had anything to do with their kids. Now, I'm not saying they've actually done it, but they understand that, oh my gosh, what do I do? I mean, I remember putting my son in his crib and walking out of the room because it was like, okay, this is, this is not going well. Yeah, I mean, these are just these are just common things. And so that's what I really want to ask you about is that are there just some common challenges that you see in families today? Yes, for sure. And I have to tell you that during my my 30 years now of working with kids, you know, I learned the focus is typically on the problem. Like there's Mm -hmm. a behavior problem, whatever. And we just go all in with that problem. And like nothing else good can happen in our lives. Right. Right. I've made that intentional shift. Um, to give problems less attention and instead focus more on the solution. And I'm not talking about some kind of cotton candy, you know, positive approach with parents or anything. But, you know, I think the most common things that I hear when parents come to me, most common mistakes, I would say maybe, mm-hmm. is that we end up over-consequencing. Yes. We're piling one consequence on after another, after another, we're getting madder and madder and madder Mm -hmm. when the kid doesn't comply with the consequence. (laughs) Right. Uh So then we, we resort to idle threats. Uh, We say things mm -hmm. like, if you don't, Mm -hmm. I'm gonna, Mm -hmm. but then we don't follow through, Mm -hmm. you know, because we probably gave an unreasonable consequence, right. You know, that really didn't work for us and it was going to cause us more problems than the kid. Right. Uh Um, We, we do bribing. We try Mm -hmm. to do convincing. Saying, you know, if you do this, I'll give you that. If you do this, blah, 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 you know, or uh, we resort to punishing, mm-hmm. you know, spanking or yanking them out, you know, by the hand or scolding or demeaning and putting the kiddos mm. down to try to set them straight and let them know who's boss, mm-hmm. you know, and really all that teaches the child is that kids aren't allowed to make mistakes. They're not allowed to misbehave, but when they're adults or they get older, or they're bigger than someone else, then Uh they can get what they want or make other people do what they want them to do. Well, and I love, I, I, you know, I love it because I will frequently say, you know, one of the things that that I talk about is, you know, it's like, 
and and I'm sure you've seen this where you'll be someplace out in public and and the parent you know and, and some child is is not behaving in the way the parent wants them to and you know and and you hear them it's like if you do that one more time then and I'm going yeah. and I want to go tap them on the shoulder going I've heard you say that five times I don't believe you watch that I mean you right. know, like, you know and you know and um and it's hard and it's you know this you know, and, and it's interesting going back to having two different children, the consequences that would work for my son wouldn't work for my daughter and vice versa. So um, I, I remember Dr. Phil talking about finding the currency. What is it that matters to this particular child that you can use? And, you know, um, hopefully my son never listens to this because he'll he'll kill he'll drive up from Florida and strangle me. <laughs> Um, but when he was a teenager, when he was in middle school, he, he played, he was, baseball was his thing. He loved baseball. So it was the biggest carrot and stick that I had, you know, that, okay, you want to play on this travel team. We're all in, but here are the rules that, you know, you have to go by. And one of the rules was he needed to have his homework done. Now, if he'd had a lot of homework and he was diligently doing it, that was fine. But you, but there was one day he was just messing around. And so he shows up all ready to go to baseball. I'm like, well, where are you going? He goes, baseball. I said, "Mm, really? Homework done? No. Um, There's the phone. Call your coach. Tell him you're not going to be there. And oh, by the way, if that means you don't play in the tournament this weekend, mm, now, if looks could kill, I would not be, I would not yeah, be here right. right now. Right. But, and it wasn't an argument. It was like, this was the agreement that we made. Mm-hmm. You didn't live up to your end of it. Ergo, I'm not getting in the car and driving 40 minutes to take right, you to practice. Right. Yeah. And, but the truth is he never did it again. Right. Cause you, you locked it in and you, you yeah. did what you said you were going to do. And I teach it to be very matter of fact about it and, yeah. and with a heavy dose of empathy. So yeah. it's like, Oh man, buddy, I would love to take your right. baseball practice. Watching you play baseball really fills me up. I enjoy it. And the bummer is I won't be taking you today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, um, it, it's tough to do, especially mm. that first or second time. But the thing is when parents follow through and they actually do it and they allow their heart, heartstrings to be tugged or mm. whatever a little yes. bit, but they still follow through that the result is that they either don't do it again, or it's a long time before they mm-hmm. do it again. Um, but even in my, I've developed a program I call no problem parenting, which um, there's three steps to that. Seek first to understand why is my child behaving the way they're behaving? Right. Step two, prepare for the worst. And step three, change the conversation. So prepare for the worst. Prepare yourself to have to follow through with the consequence so that you increase the odds that you'll respond with empathy and mm-hmm. kind of that matter of fact you know, attitude versus reacting with, well, I told you if you didn't get your homework done, you weren't going to baseball. <laughs> right. You know, and then all of a sudden you've engaged and joined right in on the problem and you've be- become part of the problem. Right. Mm. So I, well, I want to go back to Leslie, cause you, you talk about the grocery store. And one thing that I learned um, early on, even before I had my own son, but then got to put into practice when I had him if he throw a tantrum or a fit, you know, or want that candy bar at the checkout lane or whatever it was, I had to remember that I was not in the grocery store or in Target or wherever to make friends with the people 
in the grocery <laughs> store. I was there to get my stuff mm-hmm. and get out. I did not enjoy being there any more than my child did. And I wanted to get out too. Um, so I was not going to be distracted or, you know, put off course by his tantrum. And I would often say things to him, Hey, sweetheart, I don't think they can hear you down in aisle nine. You're going to have to scream louder <laughs> as I'm keeping her moving. Now I'm not instigating it. I'm right. not trying to put him down by it. Right. I'm just doing whatever I can to keep my mm-hmm. mentality in check and not, you know, go off on this kid and scream and yell and try to get him to shut up. You know, it's just, it wasn't worth it. So well, yeah. he learned early on, you know, if you put the candy bar on the conveyor belt, I'm going to pay for all of my stuff. And I'm going to tell the clerk I'm paying for all my things. Right here. This little guy wants this candy bar. I'm not sure I was going to pay for it. You know, maybe he'll <laughs> do some chores for you or something, but I just keep her moving. That's right. a, a Midwest thing here, but you just got to kind of keep going. Oh, I used to do that. I think I cracked up so many grocery store clerks because my, you know, because my kids would you know, ask for stuff. And my response is, do you have any money? You know, yeah, and you have the money to pay for it. Go and for it got it. And, yeah. and sometimes it, when my daughter was a little bit older, when the kids were getting allowance, it's like, OK, is that worth your allowance? Right. Right. You know, if it is great, you know. Right. But if it's well, not, and, and, then, and going yeah. back to, you know, some of the common mistakes or common challenges I see with parents, you know, um, sometimes we just end up ignoring. We think if we ignore the problem, it's just going to go away. Maybe it's just a phase they're going through. And there can be some truth to that. Uh-huh. Um, but sometimes we kind of push that too far. And we actually just dismiss the behavior altogether as if it never even happened. Uh-huh. And our kids end up sort of floundering. So um, right. or another thing that they might do is blame right? Place blame when our kid's misbehaving. We want to blame the school. We want to blame the daycare. We want to blame the friends they're hanging around. We want to blame ourselves. We want to blame our spouse and, you know, mm-hmm. the other parents or, right. uh, you know, technology. We want to blame tech. That's the newest thing. We're, <laughs> yeah, everybody's blaming technology, but kids right. are on it more than ever. And right. with yeah. COVID, yeah. How, they do, have how to do they get, how do they, so, you know, well, yeah, but I mean, in some cases it's like, how do they get on it? You know, right. sort of like with my son with the baseball game, he couldn't get there by himself. So I right. mean, you know, that right. was, it was up to me whether or not he was going to go. So these are right. all some really interesting um, things, but I need to remind people that this is Happily Ever After is just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm talking with parenting strategist Jackie Finneman about parenting and partnering. And, you know, if you have children, you know what a difficult balancing act this can be, but it really doesn't have to be such a struggle. And if you would like to spend time as a couple without guilt or fear that you're depriving your children, I can help. I invite you to take a moment and give me a call or shoot me an email to schedule your ultimate marriage makeover strategy session. You can reach me um, by phone at area code 919-924-0463. That's 919-924-0463. Or you can shoot me an email at Leslie, L-E-S-L-I at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S, coaching, N as in Nancy, C as in charlie.com. And now I want to get back to this conversation about parenting and partnering. And so we talked a little bit about some of the challenges that families are having, and you're talking about some of the things that parents could be doing differently that might be more productive. And so, because one of the things is, is that this focus on children, because you talked about, you know, focusing on their, on their behavior or blaming, you know, I think, and of course I don't have time for blame. I find it a completely useless and waste, you know, uh, waste of time and energy. 
to go and try to figure out what actually is going on. So what are some of the things that um, people, you know, that kids, because to take some of the time away from the parenting so that they can actually focus on, oh, there's this other person in, in, in my life that I want to keep a relationship with. So what are some of the things that parents, other things that parents could be doing that would be more productive? Yeah. And, you know, you talk about the struggle. I, I really, uh, I help parents get off that struggle bus, you know, where you're blaming and ignoring and over consequencing and doing all of that. And, and one of the best ways uh, parents can do that when they're co-parenting and that whether you're you're in the same house as, Mm -hmm. you know, the other parent or, or not, um, one of the first things you can do before responding to a behavior is to pause. Yes. Um, that's my biggest uh, success uh, story that I hear from, from my parents is when they finally, at first they're kind of like, oh, whatever, pause, you know, uh, how can that, how can that really be that beneficial, oh, you know, and sometimes uh-huh. you, you can't just pause and it's like, yeah, almost always you can, unless there's a safety risk, you right. know, if your kids run out in the street, you got to go grab them. Um but remembering to pause and scientifically there's research on this, that mm-hmm. it takes just six seconds for um, your amygdala, for, for your brain to shift from the, by pausing from that back part of your brain, your fight, flight, or freeze part to your front part of your brain or your thinking cap so that you can come up with a logical you know, response to your child's behavior. But you really need to do the pause and not a rushed pause. You need to count that. One one thousand, two one thousand. Mm-hmm. You know, six second pause. And and I teach parents put one hand on your chest and the other or your heart, the other hand on your stomach. If you need to that physical reminder of like, okay, take hold on, just hold breathe. yourself back here a minute and just breathe through this. And mm-hmm. when I first learned the pause, it took me to actually calm for just six seconds. It sounds so easy, but it took me a while to actually get a good breath. Uh I, you know, I'd be pressured so I couldn't actually get that deep breath. So putting your hand on your heart and the other hand on your stomach as silly or goofy or weird or whatever, as it might seem, you know, or juvenile, even some people, oh, that's too mushy gushy for me. You know, (laughs) Um, it really does. You can, you should really practice the pause before you're upset to see if even when you're calm and in a good mood, if you can actually take that breath and get yourself to calm down, you know, get a good two or three breaths in there before you respond. So that's like the easiest thing. And yet the one people will most often in the beginning kind of poo poo and throw out the window and not even try. Um, But remembering the pause is key. Another thing that I teach parents, and this is very helpful in that relationship when you aren't putting your marriage first is um, to have some fun with responding to your child's problematic behaviors. Uh So before you respond, you can go high five your spouse. Like your kid has just talked back to you or misbehaved in some way, done something they shouldn't have done, hit their other sibling, whatever it is. Uh And before you respond, if both parents are in the room, you go over and high five each other, just saying like, hey, I got this. Right. Yeah, this is a problem. And I'm not trying to make it superficial. Right. But it's like it's nothing we can't overcome. You know, problems. The definition of a problem is that it's meant to be dealt with and overcome. Uh Right. So so uh, the high five. And if you're not in the same room as the other parents, shoot them a text (laughs) with a high five. Just that physical action of I got this. It's it's not going to be a big deal. Well, and I love that because, I mean, my son 
Okay, this is a show about my son, obviously. When he was, and I know that he was not any older than 18 months because this was in the first house we lived in and we left when he was 18 months old. Sure, right. And I heard him ask his dad something, you know, could, could he do something? And, my, uh-huh. and I heard my husband say no. Little feet into the kitchen where I was, mommy, can, and I went, Oh my, I said, I thought I had years before it was playing mom off against dad. And and he was, all he wanted was he wanted what he wanted. I mean, he wasn't any, you know, he wasn't manipulating. I mean, because he's 18 months old. I mean, he's brilliant, but okay, come on. And and I just went, (laughs) I just went, oh my God. You know, if I had not heard the interaction with his dad, it would be like, and, you know, it's because we've always prided ourselves on, on being a team on, you know, we, we talked about what we wanted for the kids and we got on board. And I also love, you know, the talking about, you know, making, you know, trying to make light of something. Because one of the things my daughter bringing her into this, she used to whine and mm-hmm. it drove me crazy. And so mm-hmm. when she would start to whine, I would go, sweetheart, I can't understand you. What, what are you saying? You know, and she goes, and I, and I would say, oh, you're speaking that wine again. I don't understand. I mean, she, and then she'd finally calm down and say it in a normal voice. It's like, oh, that's what you wanted. Thank you yeah, so much. Right. And I mean, and I broke her of the habit of whining because I just wouldn't, I didn't get angry about it. I just wouldn't, re, I would just not understand her. When she right, was right. And finally she learned, okay, this isn't going to work, you know? Um, and you, and, and I actually would sometimes have a lot of fun doing it because, you know, for me, it was much better than getting angry, but I so love this concept of the pause because, you know, when we get upset with our kids, it's yes, they might not be doing something, you know, that, you know, they might be doing something we don't want them to be doing, but when we calm down, they calm down. Yeah. Right. And, and here's the thing, even if they don't right away, you can stay calm. They get the option. They get the opportunity to be upset. We get upset and fly off the handle. And then later we're like, Oh God, that wasn't that big of a deal. Why did I do that? The kids do the same thing. And so, you know, sometimes they just need to throw a little fit and get it out of their system. Right. You know, and, um, you know, whining, sometimes they just need to whine. They're having a bad day. <laughs> right. And I don't, I don't, you know, usually respond to whining with what they want. I'll say, oh, I'll be happy to listen to you just as soon as your voice sounds like, you know, mm-hmm. your voice, right. not, not like a big girl or not like right. a big boy or anything, but just, right. just as soon as you're calm and ready to talk, you know, so I can hear you, you know, that kind of thing. But, um, but yeah, the pause is a big one. And then just uh, that being prepared for the worst can help you. Uh, think through those common, if you have a kiddo that's misbehaving the same way all the time, like Uh they're always, you know, late for, they're always late or making you late. They're always talking back. They're always rolling their eyes. They're always throwing (laughs) the sippy cup off the high chair. They're, you know, always um, forgetting their sports equipment, you Uh know, those kinds of things. You can then, if it's a, it's a common misbehavior that you know is going to happen, you can prepare for that ahead of time and have uh-huh. two, three, four responses, you know, on the tip of your tongue so that um, you're not so frustrated when it happens. And instead, you kind of change it to, I can't wait till they misbehave again because I get to use this other skill. So I do a lot of reframing. Yes. Um, and yeah. that said, 
everybody messes up. Oh, I, yes. I've been a, I was a counselor for 20 years, been parent coaches last 10. Even I mess up. And when we do as parents, we get to apologize and uh, we get yes. to model how that looks. Uh-huh. So whether that's, you know, you went off on your spouse because your kid upset the both of you and you were doing the blame thing. Oh, if dad would have just done this or if uh-huh. mom would have just done that, you get to apologize in front of your kid to your spouse and say, you know, I was really frustrated. I was stressed out. I was irritated, whatever it was. And I want to say, I'm sorry I did that. And then um, I'm, and I'm sorry, I always feel is icing on the cake, but uh-huh. the best thing that you can do is make it up to the person that right. you messed up with, you know, um, or that you hurt or that you inconvenienced or whatever mm-hmm. it is. So we want to teach that to our kids by modeling that ourselves. Um, and it looks something like, um, you know, with your, with your kiddo, uh, if they caused you to be late for something, you can say later, not mm-hmm. in the moment when everybody's pressured to get right. to wherever you had to go, but later in the evening, you can say, you know, earlier today when you weren't getting dressed on time and getting your stuff together, um, I was late for work and that really stressed me out. And so I'm wondering what you can do to make it up to me. Oh, I like that. Or what can you do to make it right? Right. Make it right. Um, mm-hmm. When a kid, one kid hits another kid with over the head with a toy, you know, because they're frustrated with them or whatever, you mm-hmm. stop that behavior, you bring them over and you say, what happened? Mm-hmm. That's the first thing you say is what happened? And your goal is to get the kid to say, I hit. Right. So-and-so over the head with a toy. And then you say, good job being honest. Yeah. Allows, especially if if you have a kid who's kind of a chronic liar and and always wants to get out of being in trouble and that sort of thing, it models for them that they can be honest and you recognize that. And so um, good job being honest. And then you say, now, what nice thing can you do to make it up to them or make Uh it right? Uh I'll say I'm sorry. Oh, well, that would be great. Saying sorry is great. And it sounds like I'm sorry for whatever they did. Uh And what can you do to make it right? Because a lot of times adults will just say, now you go tell them you're sorry. Right. Well, if the kid's not really sorry, (laughs) the victim who was just hit over the head has now been hit over the head and lied to. Right. Well, I mean, that doesn't help anything. Right. Everybody knows an insincere apology. But I love the concept because I love the what happened, not why did you do that? Right. The what happened. And I mean, I try never to to use the word why because it's I mean, I tell people it's like, why is a lead in to get to getting lied to? Right, right. <laughs> Why would you do that? I didn't do that. It's like, you know, what, what happened? It's like you could say what happened between you and Susie, right? And, mm-hmm. and, you know, and sometimes that gives an, an opportunity to, to share to say, oh, because because we frequently will only see. You know, the, the back half of it, we never see what happened right. beforehand. And so you know, we could that that could be a teaching moment to say, okay, I understand that your feelings were hurt, and I understand that you know. However, and mm-hmm. is there a better way to to deal with your hurt feelings than hauling off and walloping your sister? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, so these are some of the things, and it sounds like you if people you when when people get a handle on this, when couples get a handle on this, it it takes a lot less time. You know, oh, for sure. And there's a lot more energy for each other, for the family, yeah. for the relationship. And your kids are, you know, the goal is getting your kids to be curious about what you're going to do next mm. versus you 
being freaked out or stressed out over, oh gosh, what behavior is going to happen next? How are they going to be today? Or what's, <laughs> you know, like we need our kids to be more curious about us. And so um, asking questions like what happened gets their front part of their brain, their logic part of the brain moving and working, and they have to think a little bit. And when they're thinking, you know, it, they're not, they're less likely to be in their fight or flight Um you know, yelling, arguing, lying, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So, um, so yeah, we want to get them curious about what we're going to do next and how we do that is lots of, uh, pizzazz, uh, right. I call it and lots of energy towards, you know, an expression like, Oh, wow. What happened? You know, I mean, there's a variety of ways and it's all, it's all very case specific. Right. Right. Uh, but like, like, like we used to do with, like we used to do when they would use the potty for the first time, you know, we'd be all excited and it makes such a big deal out of it. Yeah. And right. It, it's, and it's the same kind of thing to, to, um, you know, kind of go a little bit overboard, you know, right. But big because, because kids get that. And, and again, you know, and, and again, the earlier we start this, the easier it is, but it's actually never too late. No, and that is for sure. It really is never too late. You know, um, we we do the best we can as parents. Oh, and yeah. and when I talk about praising a kid, I often talk about, um, yes, unconditional praise is good, but conditional praise is it needs to be in there as well. We need to be noticing the facts of what we're praising them for, not just saying good job. Right. But we want to say, you know, hey, you finished all your homework, you know, before dinner. Nice job or good work. Like point yeah. it out. Um, you combed your hair today. Your that bow looks nice in your hair. Your shirt isn't I mean, whatever it is. Right. You know, yeah. but it's like not just you look nice. Right. To be, um, well, but again, tell them why. Yeah. To be more specific. And I think that works for everybody. And, and the point of this you know, and the whole point of today was was to let people know, because parenting takes a lot of time and energy and, you know, and we only have so much. So if we're spending it over here with our kids, we don't have it to spend with our partners. So, you know, and it, it and, and again, it's not an either or I'm not either a parent or a partner. I'm actually both. And and it's really how do we how do we do this? So I really appreciate you coming on, Jackie. Um, can you tell people where they can learn more about this this style of parenting, this this concept of <laughs> of no problem parenting. Yes, yeah. No it's really, parenting. yeah. And I used to, I have to say, I used to even get, you know, kind of like, Oh, when people would say no problem, I'm like, what do you mean? It is a problem. Like this is a big problem for me, but no problem. Parenting really says, Hey problem. I see you over there trying to put a wedge in my relationship with my child. You know, I got this no problem. So, so that we don't give problems more attention than they deserve. And mm -hmm. we maintain that relationship with our kids. So you can, Find me at um, helloworldmn.com. That's probably the best place to go. Um, you can also uh, use the resource noproblemparenting.com. But helloworldmn.com, you can email me um, at Jackie, J-A-C-I, at helloworldmn.com. Um, uh, but find, there, there's contact information. You can sign up to, to get my free newsletter. Um, and when you do that, you also get a free webinar on how to turn behavior problems into no problems. So um, that's some of the ways they can reach out. Well, terrific. And I want to make sure that people understand that that is M as in Mary, N as in Nancy. <laughs> yes. So hello world, just as that sounds, M, N, and it's actually from Minnesota because right. that's where I'm based. Right. So 
HelloWorldMN.com. So I want you guys to know that if you're a regular listener to the show, you know that one of my philosophies, again, that it isn't either or, but both and. So I was just talking about that. And so this is true for being a spouse and a parent. And yet sometimes one role will take priority over the other. And usually it's the parenting role. But it's really important to remember to spend regular time in that other role, the partnering role. So you, your spouse, and your children will all be better for it. So hopefully you have found this show to be helpful if you are a parent. And until next week, stay loving. 